little girls. This seems to say. Do you? Do you? But Robert Ford would only lay on the floor and look at the ceiling, the light going out of his eyes, before he could find the right words. What you think I'm okay then. Okay then. Okay then. Whatever are you doing? Hello and welcome to Spoilerama. I'm Marina Gorski. And I'm Mick Jordan. And today, um, because we are very busy people, we are going to do two challenges each. So we've mm-hmm. challenged each other in the past couple of um, podcasts. And today we are going to reveal what we chose as our challenge. So um, did you introduce yourself? I think I did. Okay. <laughs> I'm just so distracted by our wonderful surroundings. We're back in the store. <laughs> oh, God, just let's not do that. Okay, let's, uh, we got so many complaints about last week. Um, yeah, so well, let's start with the with the one from... <laughs> you sound so enthused. You were dying to do this. Yeah. With the one from... Because <laughs> I'm trying to remember what was the last film we did. That we did to challenge... The last film we reviewed was Pandora's Box last no, week. No, the one, the one before that. Um... Solo. Solo, yeah. It was supposed to be Tully. So memorable that film was that I can't even remember. Mm. Right, sorry. Just had a sip of coffee in the store. <laughs> <of the> orchard. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> lovely, 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 lovely cappuccino into very um. small cups. <laughs> but I'm not complaining. <laughs> you get a biscuit brilliant. with it though, which is great. <laughs> yeah, coffee biscuit. Look, let's not. <laughs> it was very nice. Anyway. Right, so um, do you want to start? Will I begin or whatever? You're hosting, it's up to you. Can you remember? Are you trying to do yeah, no, 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 you're trying no, to remember I'll what the challenges were? I'll start, I'll start. So Mick challenged me to watch a Western. Mm-hmm. The Western I chose was not the Western from times of Western, but it is considered a Western. Okay, what do you mean from times of Western? Like so when, when there was a time where Westerns were huge. Oh, back okay. At, what, is, what was it, 30s, 40s? Yes, but well, pretty much every era up until the 50s. Yeah. This film, is it 80s or 90s? I think it's the nine, is it 90s. I'm not sure. No, maybe 80s actually. Is Dances with Wolves. I think Kevin Costner. it's early 90s or late yeah. 80s. I'm surprised you haven't seen that before. No. Well, it's wow. three hours long. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. So mm. that that was the the one I chose. I still haven't and finished the film. How can you come to this <laughs> podcast and not have it? And then you went on and went to the next challenge as well. Did you not enjoy it? I did. Oh, I did. I long. I think it's a ama- it's fantastic film. Mm-hmm. It's and uh, because I I chose that film actually, um, not straight away, but when I saw it on the list, I was like, I have to see it because I've been wa- wanting to see it. Because of Kevin Costner's interview with Graham on the Graham Norton telling the story of the writer. Oh, I think so. Yeah, film. he met him at a petrol station. Or no, no, or no, 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 no. He, he was friends with him a while ago, and he was just this guy that wasn't uh, didn't take it seriously. Right. He showed um, Kevin Costner like scripts, and they weren't great. And he, you know, Kevin was getting sick of it. And then one day he said, "I'll oh, just read this." Kevin's like, oh, "Okay, oh." 
fine and then he and then he didn't and then he was like please read it please read it I think this is very good and then Kevin read it and was blown away by it and then made the mm, film rightly so yeah and you know that that's that's the story yeah. um so it's I, I loved it like yeah. I'm still loving it um I do plan on finishing it <laughs> <laughs> right after you see Tully but it is three hours I think it's actually three hours and 15 or something or it's long enough yeah um it was at the time because it was before Braveheart and I'm right. saying that because it was unusual for a major star Okay, Clint Eastwood had done it before he'd made films, but it was relatively unusual for a big star, because Cosmo was a big star at the time, to direct himself in a film. And yeah. then follow, not long after, um, Mel Gibson did it. And then but, yeah, and they all did great films. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might like Braveheart. But Mel Gibson's made some very good films. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, it itself was, because I remember hearing about it as starring Kevin Costner, and it was just seemed, it was, that was the promotion. And so anyway, yeah. oh, he directed it as well. Yeah. They don't tend really to actually, well, lately, maybe now they do. But before that, before I, I even got into films, um, as in study, um, the peop- I think directors who directed themselves never really marketed that part, that they directed it. No. It was more that they starred in it, and then you'd come as a surprise, oh, they directed it. Yeah. Um, well, I think they did, in the end, market it, because certainly when I went on top for Oscars, yeah. and he won them all and so on. What I don't like about it is now people sneer at it, because Costner's career then went downhill yeah. for a while afterwards. And then he made Postman, which he directed as well, which was dreadful. And he was did Waterworld, which was the most expensive flop ever and so on. And all this thing. And he was seen as a big egotist. So they then turned on Dancing Pools, but it really wasn't as good as we thought it was. And they say, no, it was. It's it a was, very yeah. good film. It was a very, There's very no question good film. It. And he's a very good director of Westerns. He's a very good director in full stop, I yeah. think. But he's made a few Westerns. And they're, they're all good. Nothing as good as this. This is epic. Yeah. No, it is. It is fantastic, and I hate when people do that because a lot of people, a lot of people's careers have gone downhill. Like not downhill, but if you think about it, Robert De Niro now is making rom coms. Ah, yeah, but he's making a great comeback at the moment with fuck Trump. You not not hear about that? that, Oh my god, you know it's all over. You're not paying attention enough attention to Facebook. He was at the Tony Awards the other night. I don't actually pay attention to Facebook. Uh, Well, I mean, I've thought it might be on Twitter. I think it's on Twitter as well. But whatever, he was at the Tony Awards presenting Tony Awards. He just came up on stage. He says, "I have to say this: fuck Trump." And it was a gasp, but everyone started (laughs) cheering. He says, "It's no longer down with Trump. It's fuck Trump." He was just furious, and it was. Brilliant. Well, and of course, yeah. Trump is saying, well, he's obviously gone see not. That's <laughs> Trump's response, which is yeah. so typical. Because but Trump is so young as well. Well, he's a lot younger than... Oh, no, he wouldn't be much younger than De Niro. He's not in his really. 60s, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe in 70s. Oh, but whatever. He's older a, anyway. Yeah, but, but, it's, but, actually, but, but just that alone, yeah. De Niro is suddenly the coolest guy in the world again. Yeah. Oh, he's always been. Even though I, even though he's been doing um, a few rom-coms that are not that great, I still love him mm. to bits. He's actually one of my one of my favorite actors, as is Tom Hanks. Um, I adore. I think Tom Hanks is one of my favorite ever. And like I, I, I'll never like people go through phases, and you know yeah. sometimes they want to do a film that's a bit different. Same thing as Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's done loads of crap films, but I think he's still a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. So you know people should stop doing this thing and just going with the flow. And you know, yeah. oh yeah, no, he wasn't actually that great. He was. And Dances with Wolves is, is a very, very good film. So that Excellent. was my challenge. So on to you. And my challenge was to watch a musical. 
Yes. And, and I watched, I just can't remember what sort of searches I was doing because it's a couple of weeks ago, but I just came across one when I just searched on Netflix and one of the first ones that came up was Bride and Prejudice. Bride? Do you know, you don't know of it? No. It's a Bollywood version of Pride and Prejudice. Oh my God. I have to watch it then. And it's wonderful. <laughs> it's just great. It's basically, it's set in the present and it's set in India, obviously, but Darcy is American. He's an American businessman who comes over to, with his friend Bangli or something like that. Like the names are all changed um, to a wedding in um, Mumbai. I think it's Mumbai. Um, and there he meets Lilibet, but it's, it's set in, It's the only one, only adaptation that's been set that I can think of that's been set in the present. The present like yeah. we've seen all the other, like we've seen *Pride and Prejudice* and zombies and all the other variations. So this is makes no uh, missions. Like there's no loyalty to the text or anything. They yeah. change all sorts, and uh, like they're all very modern Indian girls. Luce, uh, you know, isn't it Lucia in the book, the girl who runs off with Wickham, the flighty I girl? Think Lydia, so. Lydia is her name. She's called Lucky in this. <laughs> It's her name, and she wear, keeps wearing crop tops, and her parents are going mad. You cannot go out like that, and all this. So, but what's really like it is a cl- typical Bollywood film. It's in English, right. which unusual. They're not normally. So it was meant like for an English audience and a whole a Western audience. But I've seen one or two other Bollywood films a long time ago. But the whole point of them is every five minutes you have a song. Oh yeah, I love <laughs> that about them. I love that, and it's always. A song where they um, people can't see, but where, where they dance like this. Mm. That's exactly. <laughs> it. That's it. that's all I was thinking. Of. It's just just no, a moment can't pass by without a, a, an emotional moment. Like will happen. The, the girls, the daughters are walking down the street, and one will start crying softly to the other. Oh, I miss him so much. And then suddenly a horde of men jump into the screen. Da, 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 <laughs> and every song goes, oh, oh, or no, hey, hey. It's like and that's that. on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I <laughs> highly recommend it for that. Because, I, well, particularly for you, because I was watching it thinking, I could just see you exploding laughing every few minutes because of the fact, and it's so colourful. Everyone's oh, all yeah, yeah. But it's just the screen suddenly erupts with colour with all these men with these big pantaloons and something jumping around the screen, dancing and da ding da ding da ding da ding. <laughs> it's so it's priceless. And as I said, it doesn't it only takes the plot from this from the book. And therefore you see that the real magic of Pride and Prejudice is not the plot. It's a very yes. simple plot. Yeah. But and it twists it a lot as well. Like even the whole background of Wickham had seduced or nearly ran off with Darcy's sister. In this version, yeah. Wickham, who's English, and Darcy's sister is the younger Gilmore girl, the daughter from the Gilmore girls. She plays George, Georgie, um, Darcy's younger sister. He got her pregnant and, uh, and she abandoned her. Is a Bollywood film? Well, it's a Bollywood film. It's a Bollywood um, co-production with Britain. Like, there's a lot of English stars in it who oh. are Indian, um, Indian origin. Um, so she's in it, the girl. She's in it. Girls. Yeah, Rory. That's what, Rory. The young girl. That's fantastic. Yeah, but very small part. Like she's only in for Still. about two scenes. And Marcia Mason is in it as well as Lady Catherine de Bourgh is now his mother. Okay. Right. But also, what's perfect? Do you remember what was the best element, the funniest element about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? What character was the funniest one? Try to remember now. In that he danced around madly. I can't remember. Mr. Collins. Do you remember Mr. Oh, Collins? Yes. <laughs> Matt Smith. I remember he was dancing. I like to engage with him. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, it's bringing a 
it all back. He was yeah. hilarious. He was so awkward. Well, this is what, what struck me about that film was. Again. What struck me about that version and this is that both filmmakers this has suddenly realized that the re- there is real comic gold in that character. None yes. of the previous versions. All the other previous versions present him as simpering and so- seedy and so on. This was just making him way over the top. <laughs> this guy is this man who's super wealthy back in America. He's Indian as well. He's made his fortune in America. And, but he, every, every time he speaks, he laughs. He goes, at the end of every sentence. And, well, he will be utterly revolted to you. He speaks while he eats. Oh, oh and, okay. but I mean, he's basically he's eating, he's shoveling food into his mouth with his hand, and he goes, yeah, "So which of these daughters will I marry?" Because <laughs> he's grotesque. So you will love him in it. But everything about it, it's just so. But it's just the songs. The songs are great. Oh, she hit her car on the curb. Um, she's done any damage? She's fine. Not interrupting our podcast here, okay. here in the Stork Orchard as we're looking at the window. <laughs> Uh, Great so, uh, so I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I've wanted to see it for a while and I'd forgotten about it because I remember there's a bit, bit of hype about it when it came out because just a pun in the title, Bride and mm. Prejudice. And I've, it's on Netflix. Highly recommend you look good, at that good. if you get a chance. So that's my, t- that's that's my first challenge done. Back so to you. Then after Pandora's box, um, we challenge each other again. And I got the challenge of a Catherine Bigelow film. Um, now, mm-hmm. I haven't watched any of the films. <laughs> That's what you're about to say. I haven't watched all of this. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the films after at around the time of Zero Dark Thirty or The Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. So the film I chose because I heard it was on my list as well. And I heard some, so many things about it. And because of the skills my dad gave me oh up. you watched point break didn't yes, you I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it would be point break or blue steel yeah i was in between the two and mm. i adored point break it's I, excellent it's it's so good i thought it was going to be those little teenager because when i saw i remember my uncle bought the film pirated like those copy films in brazilian market which of course they the don't street. do anymore in that country at all Yes, they do. I don't know. I'm we have listeners in Brazil. On it. Okay. Um, <laughs> they don't need to. It's streamed everywhere. Yeah. Did you just belch? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brazilians. <laughs> <laughs> so ill-mannered. Anyway. They don't allow that sort of thing in the Stalorgan Orchard, I hope you know. No, they don't. They don't at all. Um, anyway. They don't now. Uh, so... Yeah, so I watched that film because my, my uncle had given that DVD to me. And I remember looking at the image and I was like, oh, this looks like those teenage films, you know, on it, the, they put on in the summer or whatever. So I kept putting it off, put it off. And then yesterday was a great opportunity to watch it. And I did. And I was like, oh, I texted my dad immediately. Guess what film I'm watching? And he's like, oh, yes, that's so good. Oh, he's seen it himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. So my dad has seen every single surf film there is. Okay. And oh, I, I just loved it. The plot, the cinematography, everything like every little bit, like the scene where he is running and trying to catch yes. the guy. Oh, yeah. Chasing the, the former presidents stuff. or something. Yeah. Fantastic camera work. And that's so far, so long ago. And yeah. it's basically just when Steady Cam came out. It's incredible. It was amazing to look. It mm. was actually like 
my heart was racing and I was like, this is so fantastic that she's able to, you know, they were able to do this mm. and it looks so great. And the scenes in the water, everything was just, and Keanu Reeves, hello. <laughs> and Laurie Petty. Oh my God. That's his girlfriend in yeah. it, isn't it? She looks fantastic. Has she been in anything since? Yes, yeah, she's been in Orange is the New Black. Oh, right. She's been actually, she was the annoying character uh, purposely who would annoy Piper, the main woman. Okay, I only watched the first series. She was like a crazy woman. Just oh, I do remember things. her in it now. Yes. Yeah. Because and I follow her on Instagram. Yeah, because she's a very quirky character she now. Is, yeah. She wasn't she's in this. She's quirky herself. The act, yeah, actual but actress. she wasn't in this film. She was the love interest. Yeah, mm. and I looked her up on Instagram then last night, and I was I was saying okay oh, because I do follow her, and I saw she actually posted the picture from the film a couple of days ago. I think. Wow. Saying oh, just you know, throwback hashtag tbt or whatever um to this time and she said oh keanu i love you or whatever it was and god she looked fantastic in that film and the whole everyone like patrick swayze like yeah. hello oh i mean but did, see, completely different oh to dirty dancing yeah but well, it wasn't long after dirty dancing like it was I know. he was at the top of his game he was a major star so was keanu reeves to an yeah. extent and I, what year is it it's it's the 90s at 1991. least Right, because I s- remember seeing it when it came out. I saw it in Savoy 1. Now, can you imagine oh, that wow. film in Savoy 1? And I went to see it entirely because Catherine Bigelow made it. Um, this is when I was just finding my favorite directors. And she had made Blue Steel, which is with Jamie Lee Curtis, which is brilliant as well. Because it, it, the whole thing is she makes genre films, but they're not genre. She yes. does her own thing to them. Yeah. And I really loved Blue Steel. I was blown away by it. And I said, oh, I have to see what she's doing next. And this was just so exciting. Yes. It's just pure adrenaline the whole the, way. The whole time. And like everything just makes sense. It's not just, oh, I want to make something different. Kind of a heist film, but mm-hmm. let's just put surfer. Like it's not, it's not like that. Everything makes sense. The yeah. reason why the surfers would rob a bank mm-hmm. and... Oh, everything was just, and I kept, I, when I saw it, I was like, okay, maybe this is where people get the ideas of the masks now for films, that the, the robbers always have the, a different kind of mask, like what film they had clown masks while they were robbing a bank. And I was like, okay, maybe mm. they got it from there because I've never seen before 1991. Yeah. Like as in masks, as in presidents. Oh yeah, no, it's just as recognizable character. Yeah. 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 It's the first. That is actually. It certainly was. Well, I mean, it was a certainly a distinctive quality of it. Yeah. Um, I don't think no before that there were really like there was certainly the mask in Halloween, but that wasn't meant to be of anyone. It was of William Shatner, but they just altered it to look scary. Yeah. But um, that was the first time where there was people like recognizable people, as masks. Yeah. And that in itself is chilling. Yes, it's that's why. Like, that's why I said, "Oh my!" That like that is such a great concept for mm. everything in the film. I thought was very well placed and very well done, and the whole storyline of it as well. And it, it was just like I kind of knew where it was going because I'm so used to films doing that now. That when you watch oh, yeah. that film, you know where it's going now, right? Because everyone has followed that pattern of storytelling of finding out who the people actually were. Yeah. underneath the masks i kind of knew it um, yeah but i i mean i don't think it really makes much effort to hide it either no no no, like, it doesn't yeah but, um anyway it was just oh, it was so good even yeah. the the cop the other cop 
the other FBI his boss agent. or something yeah no, or his, was partner. The, yeah, his partner that would go around with him um, I thought he was fantastic as well he was so funny and you have it on DVD was that or uh, no I found it online All and right. the DVD I had was gone I right. think it's gone because I, I don't think I've seen it since 1991 then when I saw it in the cinema I, maybe I've seen it on television but it's, it's a lot of it I remember as you're saying it it's etched in my I just remember yeah. being wow as I was watching mm. it and it was such a big deal as well that it was a woman made yeah. a film this and it was because she was really showing she could make yeah. films just as good as, as any men. action yeah and I thought song. when I actually watched it I actually thought that I said well my dad probably was blown away when he saw this film that a woman made this film because mm. it's so fantastic and the fact that there was a woman surfer in it as well yeah because that that's only recently and when i say recently i say in the last well almost 20 years i'd say around 2005 maybe that women started to become quite like significant in surf in brazil at least oh um like there was always women surfers in brazil you'd see them like my mom was a surfer okay that's how my parents met and <laughs> just image hello 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 crashing into each other well, on the waves no. they both went this is a funny story they both <laughs> went on this trip with my godfather that's what their friend in common and they were introduced and whatever and apparently my dad ignored my mum and my mum thought he was rude <laughs> that's a, it's so like then, pride and prejudice yes and then my mum was like oh he's, he's such a spoiled brat or something it's exactly like yeah. pride and prejudice and then i don't know they got to talking and i think they got together whatever it was and here, uh, here, uh, here we you are, are. Yeah, <laughs> in Slurgan Orchard. Um, Who'd have thought? <laughs> they come back. You know, one day this will all roads lead to yeah. the Slurgan Orchard, and they do. So anyway, <laughs> I can the imagine M50. my dad being in awe that a woman made that film, and the fact that mm. she knew so much about surf because everything made like I recognize so many things. The fact that yes, locals are very territorial. Mm -hmm. and very selfish guys don't people don't like when you steal their ways like she knew all these things it wasn't just stupidly put in there yeah as a way to add to the plot to make sense it no it was all it was probably researched yeah really well detailed and uh, like everything just made sense and i recognized that world immediately um so yeah, yeah that was my film well i would say there on that even that aside like it was not just that she made a film that men were making it was but she was doing it better oh, than yeah. they were because there's a lot of those action films were around at the time and none of them stood out this one really did it yeah. was just as i said i went to see it just because I, well, I was amazed yes it's a woman making a film like this it's not the genre that you expected right but she's doing it so well and blue yeah. steel is the same Fantastic. it's Steel is just a really gripping thriller cop thriller and again, then she went on to make Hurt Locker and now that's years later, but she's made a few other films in the meantime, but she's just really good. She is. She's fantastic. Oh. Yeah. That was my film. So now okay. well, my challenge was yours? equally wonderful. Okay. I think you might be delighted with this. I don't know if you know it, but if you haven't seen it, you absolutely have to. Okay. Because you will love it. Woman on Top. Do you want to explain what your challenge was? Sorry, did I not? No. <laughs> okay. Didn't. My challenge was to watch a film connected with food. 
Because of the Slorgan Orchard. Yes, because the Slorgan Orchard is a great place for food. Yes. And so food is in our minds all the time when we're around the Slorgan Orchard. Yes. And so we were talking about our challenge for next week while in the Slorgan Orchard. And my challenge was to watch a film about food. And I picked Woman on Top. Right. Do you know it? No. No, anything about it at all? No, never heard of it. Okay, it was just when I did a search, this came up and... I, there was one reason why I wanted to watch it. It was it met the criteria, but I said, yeah, as soon as I saw the poster. Because I'll say the basic premise, reason behind the film is that Penelope Cruz is a goddess. So if you accept that as a fact, you'll enjoy this film. Well, yes, I know that for a fact. And if you don't, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Fuck yeah. off. We don't want anything to do with you. It's brilliant. And on top of that, this, I didn't realize until I had to buy it. I, I paid it on Apple to watch it because I just said, oh, I really want to see this film. And I read the summary of it. It's set in Brazil. Oh. She's Brazilian. And she's a Brazilian chef. And actually, I wrote notes of where in Brazil. Like, it's filmed in Brazil. It was made in Brazil. Um, it's a Venezuelan director, Brazilian writer. The director is Fina Torres. Ever heard? That's a woman, again, as well. And a woman writer, Vera Blasi. She's Brazilian. How, let me see how you spell Blasi. No, it's B-L-A-S-I. Blasi. Um, but it's set. Well, it's not. It's it's basically. I know which one. I know which one it is. Okay, go I on. I think I've seen images of it. I know it, I've never seen the film, but I think I've seen images okay. of it. Now, when I say it's set in Brazil, it's not really like it starts in Brazil. Like she's married to this guy in Brazil. And she's a chef in his restaurant, and then she runs away. He cheats on her, and he runs. She runs away to San Francisco. So okay. the rest of the film is about him trying to. Yeah. But they made it in Brazil. Yeah. They just filmed some outside scenes in San Francisco. And so then it's back to Brazil. It's Bahia. 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 You don't say the H. Okay. And you don't say the S in Brazil either. Or Z, you don't say the Z because she, she said it very well. Brazil. 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 Yeah. Brazil. She sounded Brazil. Brazilian to me. No, you do say, you say Brazil, which is the sound of Z, really. That oh, is the okay. way you pronounce. It's like you spell it with an S, but you say right. Brazil. Okay, well, then she's saying it Unless all wrong. Unless you have two S's in a word, then it's S. If it's just one S, it's Z. Okay, well, then maybe she's saying it all wrong. <laughs> it just sounded authentic to me. Brasil, Brasil. Yeah, you wouldn't say Brasil. You say Brasil. Brasil. But There's a, Z, a little bit of Z in there. Anyway. Okay, sure. yeah. Um, but the, story, the theme of the story is that she is a chef, like Marnie Scott, and there's... there's um, summary is it's a story about love motion sickness and the joy of cooking okay because she suffers from motion sickness which is crippling her as a child she can't go anywhere like even on a scooter and she gets sick she can't go on bikes buses anything like that she gets finally ill but then and there's a voiceover telling us this but then the goddess of the sea and you see a mermaid <laughs> Which is me, probably. Probably, yeah. I yeah. think they did call her Marina, but you know, I rem- different I pronunciation. I actually, in my dreams, because I obviously I turn into a mermaid, I'm a completely different person. That um, Thank God. <laughs> that I remember actually reaching out to this woman in Bahia. <laughs> yeah, that was it, exactly. That's it, it, it was I'm not high, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, so no drugs here in Stilorgan yeah, Orchard. We, there's there's, no, there's a strict drug, not, zero tolerance I'm attitude crazy, to her. That's, that's, yeah, that's fine. Um, so she, but basically the whole thing is, it's very Almodovarish as well. This is, of course, what I was playing, is that the concept is she has motion sickness. She can only cope with motion if she's in control. So, I mean, she 
can't I be can driven. She has to drive. Yeah. And she can, on a motorbike, she has to be controlling a motorbike when she's with her boyfriend, let her husband, and woman on top. She has to be on top during sex. This is what they said because oh. they have several scenes of her <coughs> vomiting all over the place when her husband's making love to her on top. And that's why he cheats on her. He says, a man needs to be on top sometimes as well. She catches him and she storms off to America and he goes in pursuit of her. But when she goes to America, then and when she arrives at the airport, first of all, she's dying on the plane. Yeah. And when she arrives at the airport, she begs the taxi driver where she wants to go, but begs the taxi driver to let her drive. Yeah. This sort of thing. And like Al Modavar, it's the same taxi driver keeps turning up in every scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's Jamaican. And it's a Jamaican woman. Like, it's all women and so yeah. on. And then she meets her friend in San Francisco, who's a transvestite, and he is hilarious. It's called oh, Monica. I want to watch it now. It's so, and then she cooks a, a special spell to rid her of her love for her ex-husband because she can't love anyone else. She just loves him. So she constructs this spell, but it backfires. She lo- falls out of love with her husband, but then the smoke goes out through the window and you see it from through the window and every man in San Francisco falls in love with her. <laughs> <laughs> to see her the next day, she's walking down the street and all the men walk by and it's like the Pied Piper. She walks around the corner and there's just hundreds of men following <laughs> her down the road. <laughs> It's just brilliant. And, and she's completely oblivious. And they're all... <laughs> and she's, she's working. Sounds like me. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. exactly that. Uh, so she arrives. And she gets work in a television studio making her own program. <laughs> and her effect go, goes through the television as well. So there's one scene in this really rowdy bar. Like all these big lumberjacks and truck drivers are really strong men watching a football game. And suddenly there's interference in the game. And the guy behind the bar whacks the television to get him back and it accidentally changed challenge over to her doing a cookery program. And all the men go, oh, <laughs> they're watching her. But the funniest part for me where I actually had to stop it and I was laughing so much was, well, I want to say it, I'll wait till you see it. And see, but it's, okay. just, it's with her friend, Monica, who's a transvestite and he is, or she is, hilarious. Like it's a man, Harold Perrineau is playing the part. And he's just so funny. Like it's all the cliche stereotypes, but it's, it's really good. So highly, highly recommend. I haven't laughed so much since an Elmo of our film. Yes. Oh, which we're doing another one this year. Yes. So Elmo of our, get on it. Okay. So we leave it there. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hello. But well, you're the one pointing the time to me. I forgot yeah. what was going on. Um, yeah. So we'll leave it there. <laughs> Thank you very <laughs> much for listening. Um, please come to Lurgan <laughs> Orchard. There's a welcome for you here. Yes. Elmo of our season coming soon after the World Cup. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. I've been Marina Gorski. And I've been Mick Jordan. Woo!